Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Blue Collar Real Estate. I'm Greg Mayo. And I'm Ryan Herget. Greg, we are uh, nearing May 1st today. Actually, today is May 1st. And we've got to have a conversation about what is going on in the world today as we deal with now almost 45 days of this COVID crap going on. And I know everybody's, uh, you know, getting a little bit anxious out there trying to see what's going on. But how you been, man? How you holding up through all this? Uh, you know, I, I've kind of settled into a pattern. I mean, yeah. I really have where I just do what I do now. And it's so different than it used to be. Um, Isn't that I weird, though? About this, huh? Isn't that weird, though? It is what we can adapt to and get used to, right? Truly. And, you know, one of those things that, you know, you hear a lot is a habit takes 21 days to you know, build well, you know, at this point, you know, and which is not quite the truth, but we, you know, I'll digress and leave that for another podcast day. But, you know, after about 21 days, you're in these new rhythms and, you know, habits, right? And it's like, I'm still getting up at the same time, but I'm just having to structure my day entirely differently in order to be productive. So it's just, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, it's after 45 days of doing this kind of two 21 day cycles, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm kind of used to this now. And it's not all bad. It's very, very different, but it's not all bad. So no, anyway. and it's funny. I, I just finished a Darren Hardy book right before all this started, where he talks about what you just said about restructuring habits and whatever. And um, I was thinking about that last night where, but this is everybody keeps talking about the new normal. But yeah, for me, now it's just normal. It's just what I do every day. Yeah, no, it's 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 very different how we do and conduct business. You know, as an example, I just let and not to digress on too big of a tangent here, but you know, just kind of diving into this a little bit deeper for some people that are maybe curious about, you know, can I sell a house during this period or should I consider buying a house right now? I want people to consider something, you know, just looking at the numbers here in Indianapolis for 45 plus days and uh, you know, since things really went into lockdown mode here, but home sales, there was over a thousand, almost eleven hundred homes that sold in the last seven days, whereas there was less than 600 that came on the market. Those are good wow. numbers. Those sales numbers have actually increased over the last few weeks versus decreased as I was kind of, you know, fearing that they would. So things are certainly moving forward. You know, it's certainly a time of uh, uncertainty. But speaking of that, let's kind of dive into some of that uncertainty with today's topic, because, you know, we're at May 1st, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, a lot of people are getting into that point, if they didn't last month, asking themselves, should I make my mortgage payment or not? We felt it would be really, you know, helpful to really bring in a subject matter expert here, you know, and we thought who better than our sponsor, Stacey Mayo, to kind of talk about, you know, what's this mortgage forbearance talk? What's it mean? And really just kind of break down the nuts and bolts. So tell us about that, Greg. What are we going to dive into today with Stacey? I'm super excited to have this conversation. Well, as you know, you and I are not mortgage experts. And during this COVID nonsense, we'll call it, it seems like things with lending has literally changed just about every day, uh, sometimes multiple times a day. And so you and I talked um, and we decided it was important to help people understand sort of the CARES Act, how that relates to mortgage forbearance, and is that a good idea? And sort of all the nuts and bolts of that. And quickly, after a couple minute conversation, I don't know about you, but I realized I was way, way out of the shallow end. Um, and we have a sponsor, Stacy Mayo and the Scott Miller team at Ruoff, and we thought, let's bring her in and help break down some of the different nuances of this thing and let people get a little bit more information before they just decide, well, I guess I won't make my mortgage payment. It's free. 
Right. Now, and that's really the thing that I wanted to dive into with Stacy on this. And we'll bring her on here in a few minutes and, you know, dive into this subject, you know, you know, step by step here. But, you know, as we look at this, you know, if you're struggling to make your house payment, yes, programs a thousand percent exist for you. In fact, I've talked to a lot of people that have already started to get the, you know, checks in the mail, if you will, um, you know, that have already signed up for the mortgage forbearance program and are seeing some benefits to that. Um, however, there are potential implications. There's certainly a lot of unknowns because of what you said a few minutes ago, Greg, literally lending guidelines are changing by the day at this point in time. And what that means to a borrower, you know, somebody that's maybe considering buying a house now or six months down the road, here's what that means to that person is in order to get an FHA loan. Okay, an FHA loan is one of the most popular loans here, you know, in fact, across the country, you know, it's, uh, you know, average price for an FHA loan here in central Indiana is about $225,000. And with that loan, in order to get that loan, you now with most mortgage companies have to have a 640 credit score, whereas just 60 days ago, you could have a 580 with most right to get the exact same loan that just jumped i can't do math very well in my head but that's about 60 points difference that now your credit score has to be to get the exact same deal and neil stacy can talk about that another time as well but that's just what's changed and that's evolving on a daily basis and that impacts is you know what i know is important to you and and I, Greg, which is why we started this podcast, is to talk about real estate from all the different perspectives, not just a buyer, a seller, or a real estate agent, but all of those different perspectives and how it impacts things. So without further ado, let's kind of dive into that. You know, Greg, what's the first subject, you know, you think we should talk about when it comes to, you know, bringing Stacy on and, and, and diving into all of this? I'll let you kind of lead the way with that. Well, I think the first thing we need to do um, is start to unpack the CARES Act. And... Uh, we've had some video difficulty on Stacy's end, but we've got her on audio, I believe. Stacy, you there? Hi, guys. I'm here. Awesome. Welcome, Stacy. Thanks for having me. All right. So you kind of heard us talk a little bit. Let's start with the CARES Act. Kind of unpack that for us. What is the CARES Act? Well, the CARES Act, um, it stands for Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. Um, it was introduced and passed in March, and it is relief for federally backed mortgages, meaning insured by FHA, USDA, VA, Fannie and Freddie, um, and all of those uh, are potentially eligible for mortgage forbearance. Now, okay, so let me back up for a minute, Stacey. You said something about Fannie May and Freddie Mac, what are those exactly for people that maybe don't know? So Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are um, essentially insured conventional. Uh, they are government-sponsored enterprises, GSEs. So all these programs that we're talking about are in one way or another backed by the federal government, right? Right, right, right. Okay. Uh, so there may be forbearance programs for traditional conventional loans as well. Um, but the CARES Act is specifically for those federally backed mortgages. Yeah, I just had a, a quick deeper dive in, and, and Stacey, I apologize. I'm kind of throwing a, you know, I, I, I love stats and numbers and just kind of, you know, wrapping those in a nutshell. And maybe you know this off the top of your head. If not, it's no big deal. But, uh, but you know, if you had to guess, you know, with all those loans, you know, that are done here, maybe in just, you know, central Indiana, but with Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, uh, you know, FHA, VA, you know, all of those government-backed loans, what percentage of loans 
of all the loans that get done, would you say are those, you know, out of 10, you know, 10 people or a hundred people that get home loans here in Indiana, what percentage are those types of loans? So we're, you know, we know what kind of person we're talking about here. Well, that's a great question. We see a lot of federally backed mortgages. Um, I personally do a lot of VA, USDA, um, FHA, and Freddie and, and Fannie. Um, I would say personally, and I'm only going to speak for myself personally, that most of the loans that I do, 90% are federally backed. Wow. So we're talking about a big number of all of the people that probably have loans out there in the you know, United States are probably impacted by this, you know, or an overwhelming majority. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, there's the potential. Definitely. Got it. Got it. Okay. No, sorry. didn't mean to skip uh, a, a side note there. I was just kind of curious there. So, um, but um, I know you were going to kind of talk about next, Greg, and I'll just kind of just keep talking because that's what I do sometimes. I'm sorry. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but Stacey, let's kind of unpack that forbearance. Like what is a mortgage forbearance? Like what's that actually mean to somebody that's maybe struggling to make their payment right now or not sure if they should? So, well, a mortgage forbearance is when your mortgage servicer, so either your lender or the company that manages your loan and, and who you make your mortgage payment to every month, they allow you to either pause or reduce your regular monthly mortgage payments for a limited period of time. Got it. So, so let's kind of unbox that a little bit. So, you know, either pause or reduce, um, you know, what's that mean? If, if somebody pauses their mortgage payment right now, certainly those payments don't just go away, right? Does that mean that they get, you know, tacked onto the back of a loan? Um, what's that mean to somebody that's possibly considering doing that where a mortgage payment may get paused or something like that? Okay, well, let, let's back up just a little bit in regards to the CARES Act and how that relates to the mortgage forbearance. Um, under the CARES Act, if a borrower attests, meaning in other words, they truthfully declare that they've been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic and they find themselves unable to continue making their regular monthly on-time mortgage payments, they have the right to request a forbearance for up to 180 days, as well as an extension of an additional 180 days. Now the borrowers do have to contact their servicer or their lender to request the forbearance. And the lender may have additional questions. And of course, right now, um, they're probably experiencing a high call volume and it may, you may be on hold for a while and waiting to talk to a representative. But mortgage forbearance, you gotta talk to your lender first, your servicer. So it's not automatic is what you're saying. I... Exactly, right, right. So you just said a bunch of things there that I'd kind of like to just kind of talk about. You know, I know when we were kind of doing some show prep, you know, you know, for this earlier in the week, um, I had a chance to talk to a few of you know my customers. And I wanted to share a few stories on everything that you just said there. But I was talking with one yesterday, actually, that has a loan that's now owned by Wells Fargo. And what she was telling me was that she was actually on hold for 52 minutes 
to just have a conversation with somebody. And this was just earlier this week that, you know, she was having this conversation. So just to kind of reiterate a point that you said there, you know, there is so many people, you know, I think going back to what you said also, Stacy, is that how many people do have these types of loans, you know, the Fannie, the Freddie, the, you know, government backed loans is there, I mean, there's so many people on, you know, having to wait hours on hold just to simply get some questions answered in some cases here. And, and, you know, she told me specifically 52 minutes is what she was on hold for that. Um, you know, so there's, there, there's a lot to this. And I think that, you know, I want to really encourage people to just ask questions, um, you know, understand kind of what you're getting into understanding what a mortgage forbearance is and what it's not, because, you know, I think that one of the biggest things is that, you know, or misconceptions that people have is that, you know, I, I can just not make my payments for a few months and nothing's going to be impacted by that. So but I'd, I'd kind of like to talk about that next, if you don't mind, Stacy, is, you know, you know, what is this and what is it not, if you don't kind of mind telling us you know, a little bit more about that. Um, oh, wait a minute, I can answer I'm, that. It's free money. <laughs> <laughs> almost, almost, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nay, 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 nay. Don't listen to that guy over there. <laughs> no, and I, I, I do. I have to laugh um, because th that's one thing a, a mortgage forbearance is not. And that's why I was so excited that you guys asked on the show because, you know, for some people, especially if this is their first mortgage, they're not really sure what all these terms mean. I mean, the mortgage process you know, I'm here to educate, but in the end, I mean, it can be a very confusing time for some people, especially, like I said, if it's their first mortgage. So what a for mortgage forbearance is not, it's not free money. <laughs> right. It's not a forgiveness of any loan or regular monthly payment due. So simply put, a, or a forbearance is delaying the inevitable inevitable repayment of one's contractual financial liability or obligation. You're just delaying the inevitable. Nobody's right. saying, Hey, you know what? You can't make your payment. Eh, that's all right. It's forgiven. It's not forgiven. <laughs> but does it under the cares act, um, me as the, the borrower, the person with the mortgage, it does protect me from additional fees and penalties or no? Yes, yes, exactly right. It, it does um, it does protect the borrower from any additional fees and penalties. However, the normal interest is still going to accrue on the loan. And that's something that we, we really do need to touch on that as well. I, yeah, I, I think that's super important. Um, let's let, let's just kind of deep dive right there, if you don't mind, Stacy, on that point right there. So, you know, let's just create a scenario here real quick. But, you know, let's just say that you skip making your payment for, you know, three months, right? Let's, let's kind of dive into that. What's that mean, actually, to somebody that says, all right, you know what, things aren't too bad, but you know what, I'm a little worried about them getting tight here. So I'm going to just contact my mortgage service provider and see if I can get a three month uh, forbearance here. What's that mean to somebody though? Like dollars and cents wise. So accrued interest is uh, interest that you've accumulated on the loan, but not yet paid to your lender. So your, your mortgage interest can accrue daily or weekly, depending on your loan type. And it's based on your loan's principal balance and your mortgage rate, okay? 
So then we're going to go talk about uh, some possible options and you're going to hear me continue to say your mortgage interest is still going to accrue. Your mortgage interest is still going to accrue. That's a, that's kind of a crucial point here. Mm-hmm. Um, so different options that may be available to borrowers looking for forbearance. And Stacy, just to jump in here for a second before yes. we get into the different options, because uh, you kind of hit this a minute ago, each lender may vary in the options available, right? They're all not going to be the same. Exactly. They're not. Honestly, guys, things are changing in the industry daily. As you mentioned earlier, Greg, sometimes more than once a day, twice a day. Um, Yeah, you hear me talk about it all the time. We are constantly getting updates and notifications of how things are, are, are panning out and everybody's still just trying to figure out the, the pieces in the puzzle um, to, to, for this situation. Nobody's been in this situation before. This is not a, a 2007, 8, 9. So today on the show, we're going to talk about three different options as far as exercising that forbearance. The first one will be a lump sum payment. Uh, help explain that to us, Stacey. What does that mean exactly? Lump sum payment is going to be, uh, let me give you an example, okay? So say say you take a three-month forbearance starting in May, and your uh, regular monthly payment is $1,000. Say month four, you're ready to get back on track. Therefore, in August, under this lump sum payment plan, you could potentially owe the $3,000 in missed payments plus your $1,000 regular monthly payment for a total of $4,000 plus accrued interest. So you're looking at having, you know, an over $4,000 a month payment due in August. That's, that's lump sum. So, so that's definitely something that people need to be aware of is if that's op- the option that they're getting in, you know, obviously they may need time to save for that, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I think that's pretty straightforward. That one makes sense. Let's kind of talk about, you know, one of the next ones. Um, you know, what's the, what's kind of that next option, Stacey? What's that look like for you? If maybe, for you know, perhaps the payments are spread out, you know, over you know, a period of time, what's that look like? Okay. That's a good one. Um, so if you if the option is presented to you where you can spread out your missed payments um, over several months, we'll use that three month forbearance again for easy math. So, you know, it, your regular payments, thousand dollars a month, you've missed three payments. That's a total of three thousand dollars in missed payments that you still owe. Month four, you're, you're getting back on track now. You've got your regular monthly payment of $1,000 plus an additional $500 a month for six months to make up that $3,000 in missed payments. Again, plus accrued interest. So that's just going to then pad somebody's payment an extra 500 bucks a month. So, you know, what I'm hearing you say is that person needs to be prepared for, you know, a pretty substantial increase in their monthly payment for at least a limited period of time there in order to get that thing caught back up. Then, Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yep, exactly. So you've gone from, for this example, you know, $1,000 a month mortgage payment to $1,500 a month for a period of time. 
following the math here and I'm like, okay, so I take the three month forbearance and so far the two options I've got is either I pay $4,000 in the fourth month or six months after I restart, I pay 1500 a month. Um, that sounds to me like, and I understand this is, this, this is exist for people that truly need it. Right. And there are people that do. Um, we all need help in different ways during this crazy time, but I'm looking at this and, and all I keep thinking so far is, man, if I can, I need to make my mortgage payment. Right. And, and please know this as well. Each servicer and they're, they're different. It might not be a six, a six month plan. It might be a nine month plan, a 12 month plan, but you got to call them. You got to talk to them. You gotta, you gotta get your options and weigh those options. Well, and I think you just hit the nail on the head there, Stacey. You know, this plan is going to be different depending on who your service provider is. And we're just simply here trying to give you know people some examples of what exists right now, you know, of what we know does exist. And, you know, again, it, you know, this could be different. That's why it's so important to make that phone call, unfortunately, probably sit on hold for a little while, uh, but ultimately have to have that conversation. And, uh, but, you know, I couldn't agree more, Greg, you know, if you can make your mortgage payment, keep things as normal as you possibly can right now, because without a doubt, going back to the whole subject, you know, topic here is there is no free money here, you know, and, you know, a delay is going to cost you money at some point in time. Um, so let's kind of talk about that third option, Stacey, just kind of, you know, putting a bow tie on, you know, some ideas here, you know, for people just to kind of paint a picture here. But, you know, let's say that, you know, your mortgage service provider allows you to, you know, maybe extend the term of the loan. Um, you know, meaning, you know, okay, now instead of a, you know, a 30 year loan, now it's a 30 year and three month loan or a six month loan, whatever that period may be. What's that look like? Could you kind of, you know, share an example of that if maybe everything just gets, you know, pushed to the tail end of it? Sure, absolutely. It, most of the government back loans that um, I do are 30 year term, though there are 15 year terms on certain loan types. Um, so, an example, Say you've got a 30-year uh, FHA mortgage and you're five years into your, your payments. Um, with that forbearance, the missed payments plus the accrued interest are added to the end of the loan. So depending on um, how many payments that you've missed, that you've been allowed to miss, they're going to add that to the end of the loan. So instead of maybe now you, you know, you're uh, five years in and you've only got 25 years left, you're looking at 26 years or more of monthly mortgage payments, remembering all the while that the, the interest has still been accruing on those missed payments. So you're extending that term out. So that could potentially be even more expensive, although less expensive up front, it could be a little more expensive in the long run, um, you know, because of that accrued interest. And, you know, I'd like to kind of hover over that word real quick because, you know, we've, you know, we keep talking about accrued interest. And I think that that's a, you know, a term that maybe isn't as common language for everybody that doesn't do this every day. Let's kind of talk about that real quick. Cause you've, you know, you've said that with each of these different types, what's that actually mean to somebody, Stacy, when we say accrued interest, um, because, you know, again, it's not free money. Right. So accrued interest is interest uh, that accumulates on the loan but it's not been yet paid to the lender. Um, it can accrue daily or weekly depending on your loan type. And it's based on your loan's principal balance and your interest rate. 
Got it. So, so that's something that if your daily, you know, interest is costing you eight, eight dollars a day or whatever it may happen to be in somebody's example, that's, that's how much that's going to be then compounded over time, you know, that that's accruing. So what, what's maybe another example of that, you know, cause I know with a, you know, a 30 year loan that can be a little bit daunting or, you know, difficult to wrap your head around. Is there another example of that that you can share, Stacey? The biggest example is student loans. I'm seeing right. student loans in forbearance, every time I, I, I work with a client that's got student loans and we're, we're looking at um, uh, their, their balances and I see the, the credit limit, at, say $10,000, but their balance is $12,000, $13,000 because they've put their student loans in forbearance. They've chosen not to make those payments or they couldn't for whatever reason. And so that interest is accruing on that balance. So at the end of that forbearance period, they wind up owing more than the original $10,000 that they borrowed. So not only has their debt increased, it didn't decrease. And then the interest was still accruing all the while they were, you know, maybe trying to save some money for, you know, again, whatever reason they, they couldn't make their payments or whatnot. Um, they're, they're, now they not only owe that original balance, they owe more because that interest that can continue to accrue. If I take this forbearance, how or does it, how, how does it or does it or will it impact my credit score? Under t- typical circumstances, yes. But under the CARES Act, a forbearance should not have a direct effect on your credit score necessarily. However, it may affect your credit risk. Help me understand the difference between those two. So credit score, a lot of people maybe follow their credit score on Credit Karma or um, maybe their credit card company offers them uh, a glimpse into their consumer credit score. Um, Credit scores are made up of several different factors, one being credit history and on-time monthly payments. Your credit risk is uh, related to the possibility of uh, loss resulting from a a borrower's failure to repay a loan or meet their contractual obligations. So either they have a low credit risk or a high credit risk. And so while under the CARES Act, it should not, a forbearance should not directly affect your credit score, it may affect your credit risk. In other words, you may be unable to qualify for a refinance. Interest rates continue to be low. It might help you in your financial situation to refinance right now. However, if you have taken part in this uh, mortgage forbearance, you may no longer qualify for a refinance. You may not be able to qualify for a new loan. Say you want to sell your house, upgrade, downsize, but you have, you know, taken part in this uh, forbearance for, you know, period of time, may not be able to qualify for a new loan. So there are a lot of moving pieces and parts to this. Um, As we kind of put a bow tie on this episode, are there any final thoughts you want our lender or lenders? (laughs) You're our lender. You have any final thoughts that you want our listeners to take away? In the short, short of it all, 
You know, the forbearance is there for people that truly need assistance. If you have the means to make your mortgage payments, then make them. But talk to your service lender. Consult with a financial planner. Know your options. Know if this is going to impact your equity on your home. Are you going to be in a negative equity situation? Um, are you going to have a, a, an increased debt to income ratio? Are you going to have delayed financial strain? Know your options, guys. I think that's uh, well said in a nutshell right there is just explore your options, know what they are, and uh, just know how your choices are going to impact you long term. And uh, as long as you know that going in, then, you know, certainly a mortgage forbearance could be the right fit for somebody. So check it out and uh, decide what's best. So to kind of wrap this one up, Greg, is there anything else uh, that uh, we need to, to, uh, to tackle? Or uh, I think we've covered a lot on this episode. Yeah, I think that's a lot of information. I want to thank Stacy for taking a few minutes and coming on with us and kind of unpacking some of these ideas and terms. The, the, the final thought and the most important thing, talk to your lender, your service provider, talk to a financial planner. And again, to just repeat what Stacy said, know your options. Period. That'll wrap it. So we appreciate everybody's time. And thanks, thanks again for tuning in to the latest edition of Blue Collar Real Estate. I'm Ryan Herget. Thanks so much, everybody. Yeah.